So Perry, you tell me it's actually cheaper to buy in Fife still than actually rent. Buying versus renting. This is what it's all about. Which one's going to win? It's as in the immortal words of uh, Harry. Is it Harry Hill? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just imagine me buying and the renting person fighting with each other <laughs> with their boxing gloves on. Uh, anyway, uh, listen. This is all about buying versus renting. I mean, buying in Fife, for example, and right across the UK as well. It's actually still. Uh, less um, than actually renting. Um, so with mortgage rates tripling over the last 12 months, this is actually quite surprising. One could be actually forgiven to thinking buying a five home or any home in the UK um, as a first-time buyer would actually be out of the question. Mm-hmm. Yet, what have I told you it's £133 cheaper a year to buy a five home as first-time buyers than renting? Uh, would that actually surprise you? Perry, you know, would that surprise you? And what, you know, what's the number right across Fife? You know, the different regions. Have you got that broken down anywhere? I do, and it, it kind of did surprise me to be honest with you. So, if we look at the East Nook, for instance, because obviously that one three three hundred thirty three pound cheaper is Fife as an average. Yeah. But if you look at the East Nook, it's two hundred three pound a year cheaper. Yes. Um, if we go to the Leedmouth area, which is very sought after at the moment, it's five hundred seventy three pounds a year cheaper. As a first-time buyer to buy than rent, which really surprised me. <laughs> yep. Um, Glenrothes even more so. This this is where it, like it almost trebles. In Glenrothes, it's one thousand six hundred and nine pounds a year cheaper. That's about one hundred and fifty quid wow. a month. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot. Okay. Say it like that. That's a lot. That's council tax paid. Yeah. Did you manage um, to be Cooper and St Andrews or anything? Yeah. If we go to Cooper, Cooper is one thousand nine hundred and fifty-one, and St Andrews. Always is four thousand and fifty-eight pounds a wow. year cheaper for a first-time buyer to buy than it is to rent. You'd expect so, that in St Andrews. So let me think then. Let me. So we can work this out and, and work at the demographics then. What is the average price of a two-bed home in Fife? You know, because that's typically what a first-time buyer would go for. It is, and they do vary very much, Jim, depending on what region of Fife that you're in, as you yep. would anticipate. But the average Fife home um, for first-time buyer for a two-bed is 150832 Okay. So, you know, that's where the 133 saving would come from. If we then jump yep. to the East Nook, you're looking at 235333 So, you know, a fair jump. Leaving yep, my definitely. still very, very desirable in Leavemouth. The average two-bed home in Leavemouth, one hundred and nine thousand nine hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. That's still a good price point. It's a very good price point. As is Glenrothes, to be honest with you. Glenrothes, the average two-bedroom house is one hundred and thirty-three thousand eight hundred and eighty-seven. Mm-hmm. Cooper, surprisingly, actually, um, one hundred and twenty-four thousand nine hundred and ninety-two. Yep. I've seen so this. I thought that would have been slightly higher. Yeah, Glenrothes is actually more expensive for a two-bedroom than Cooper. 
remember though, when you look at Cooper, the two bedrooms are different styles yep. and different builds. And when, it's when you go up to the three bedrooms and the four bedrooms, that's when you start to include a lot of new builds. Yeah. Which are exactly. actually a lot higher in terms of price point. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. And this, this is the trade-off. This is the trade-off between if it's more new built, it will be a higher price point because the building regulations and the standards required and the energy efficiency and the the the, the what they would want um is, is a higher quality finish and and in terms of energy efficiency in terms of um in terms of um environmental impact as well mm -hmm. so that's why the cost of a of a new build is, is significantly higher than the cost of a resale yeah. so that could say a lot because in the areas like uh uh, Leavenmouth, you know, there's not been a lot of new builds in Leavenmouth, really, mm -hmm. in comparison to the population of houses. And the mm -hmm. same goes for kind of Glenrothes, but again, Glenrothes is two bed, is round about that price point, but none of the new build house builders, aren't, they're not building two beds, they're building three beds and above. Yeah, exactly. But that's a typical entry level, that's kind of typical entry level first time buyer house. Mm -hmm. um, and the Cooper, as I said, the Cooper area as well. What about St Andrews? Yeah, and St Andrews, the average two bedroom home is. 328,214. So double the cost and more than five as an average. That surprised me. That definitely surprised me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but, but it doesn't surprise me to a degree because a two bedroom, eight floor to 30 flat is about 230 to 250. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. so when you look at that and eight floor to 30 flat and then you bring it up to the house, you know, a house would be significantly more. But then, as well, you look down at uh, Alan Robertson Drive, you look at Jamie Anderson Place. Mm -hmm. These are typical um, ex-local authorities. They're selling for really good points as well. They're, they're selling for about the 260 mark, 260. Mm -hmm. And that's just the price of an ex-local authority flat, which is further into the town and near, mm -hmm. near the town centre for the student market. Mm -hmm. So so again, it's all about the mix. And, and yeah. it's about the mix and it's about... It's about what area as well, especially in St Andrews. You know, you think St Andrews is the same price point all the way through, but it's a completely different price point when you go up to Lawhead mm -hmm. um, and Hepburn Gardens and places like that, as opposed to up at Kilrymon. Mm. Exactly. I think, as you say as well, it's a mix of what it is, that, you know, the type of property it is, if it's new build, new builds as well as them, just the whole compliance piece, Jim. You've also yeah. got that finished article for people as well, where they're moving. You know, we, there's differences between moving condition as we would know it, and that for someone as well is quite appealing, isn't it? Yeah. So, so if, if the monthly home ownership, a cost of a five home, for example, including the mortgage payments and property maintenance and insurance bills, is it comes to round about six. Well, this is round about exactly <laughs> <laughs> to the penny because we've calculated it is six hundred and sixty-three pound ninety-three pence per month. Compared to a uh, Richard, you had said a six hundred and seventy-five pound per month rent yeah, for, the, for same the same house property. to rent, and that's where the differential of the hundred and thirty-three pound extra is. The difference mm -hmm. between the six three three and the six seven five multiplied by the twelve months. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. for the year, and that's where the hundred thirty-three came from. Um, what have you got it broken down into areas as well? Yeah, like I say, obviously the, the six seven five that's five as a whole in comparison to <clears throat> excuse me the 663 and 93 pence yeah. obviously like obviously for um so to to be quite specific and i'll run through obviously the areas so we'll start obviously cooper area um expenditure there would be 572.46 for this is all your expenses that all in for yeah. uh, a cooper home obviously if you're mm -hmm. your monthly expenditure when you're buying in comparison to rental 
for the same property, which would be £735. Um, so that you can see the difference there. And then East Newk, um, there's not that big a difference in comparison. So £833.05 for all your expenditure all in. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. your rental price is 850 so okay. i mean there's not a vast difference there but it is still higher Glenrothes were 603 pounds 94 and then rental price for the same property would be 738 pounds mm -hmm. leaving mouth okay. leaving mouth is not a big a big gap there either there's um 519 pound 21 and for the same property rent you're 567 for the rental price and okay. then st andrews Expenditure on a St Andrew's house, all your expenditure and things in there is £1,291.84 and rental, you're averaging about £1,630 for the same property uh, rental price. So the rental prices are higher in terms of expenditure. But Why, why, uh, do, you think, why do you think the rental prices are higher in some of the particular areas? What, what drives that market? There's, there's, there's different factors that affect things in different areas. Obviously, Andrews and East Newark and things uh, are, are obviously vastly different from leading mouth and Glen Office and things. And rents have risen over the last two years, and that's obviously tipped things in the balance of the favour of homeowners and things. But there's, I mean, whether if you're in St Andrews, obviously the student, the student pressure up there, that's really driven things yeah. um, and, and driven the, the price point in St, in St Andrews up quite significantly in the last couple of years. East Newark uh, has always been a popular area um, and price points have always been higher there in terms of sale and rental as well. But that's been pushed up as well uh, for people moving obviously into the area. Uh, with, I think, lockdown and things, uh, we've seen it on the back of that, uh, East Newark areas and things really become even more popular than what they were before. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to hear anybody's yeah. comments on renting versus buying, yeah. by the way. So if you're, you know, if you're tuning in and you're listening in, uh, please feel free to make some comments about renting versus buying. Which one do you think is actually more preferential at this point in time? And possibly the reasons why you might actually think it's more preferential. I mean, I'll also, is, can I just, yeah, I'm sorry, I was okay. just going to, I was just going to add uh, another area um, where I, I've seen changes is Glenrothes. Over the last couple of years, there has been a, a really um, higher demand for two and three bedroom houses. Yeah. That has pushed the rental price for two and three bedroom houses in Glenrothes up. Which has made it good for um, obviously investment and things because price point is still good in Glenrothes and mm -hmm. the, the rental prices have went up because of that increased demand. So you're you're seeing it as as they're good investment potential uh, in that area as well. Now, would it be fair to say that in the last couple of years, you know, kind of rental prices have actually rocketed um, in some areas, which has helped to tip the balance in favour of homeowners. They have. I wouldn't say five is. I mean, obviously, rental prices have went up. I wouldn't say they've skyrocketed as a whole. I mean, obviously, they have went up. Area some areas, I think, more than others, have mm -hmm. went up considerably more. Although across the board, rental prices have, of course, have of course increased, and we we we're all aware of that. Yeah. I mean, what we've done in these calculations, it was based on the average first-time buyer mortgage with a deposit at twenty-three percent. I mean, that's been the average of the last two years for first-time buyers nationally, according to the register um, of um, the registers um, that you get for the uh, property prices and that, and the, the split that they actually do because they do analysis every single month of that. So, the, and the industry recognised amounts of on on and the industry recommend recognised amounts on on maintenance, property maintenance, and insurance bills as well. Yeah, I I thought twenty-three percent seems a bit quite a bit high for first-time buyers. Yeah. So I thought it would be, I thought, what would it cost for a smaller deposit at 10%? Um, so before, 
I think before we answer that about the smaller deposit at 10% then and how that would, what that would cost out, before we answer that, I believe the buy versus rent argument is, is more than a simple pound notes question. Yeah. Um, you know, let me expand. I mean, renting, renting a home in Fife has several advantages. What advantages do the hub, Richard, renting a home in Fife? Yeah, and I think this is where I, I wanted to cover because if you look at the figures, and like you see, it's not just down to the pounds. In terms of pounds, renting is more expensive than it is to obviously own. Like as we broke down the expenditure and look at what it costs to rent the same yeah. property. So, but th there is differences and, and advantages and some disadvantages, which we'll cover. And I think firstly, renting allows obviously for short-term living arrangements and things, which makes it flexible for people um, with tenancies, obviously, um, often only last and maybe they could last six months. I mean, with the new PRT, they could last 28 days if you really want them to. Mm -hmm. um, and it just gives that people flexibility. And for those who want to maybe try out a new location or potentially even maybe a property type, do you know what I mean? That, yeah. that, that's yeah. where they've got that flexibility to do that. Renters are not responsible for maintenance costs. Um, and that includes obviously your boiler. And many have uh, the option to maybe rent property that's got furnishings in it and things as well. So then that's taking that cost away from you. Obviously, if you're buying a property, you're going to need to furnish it all if you're a first time buyer and things from, from scratch. Um, and there's also lower upfront costs as well. Renters don't need to pay legal fees. Uh, they don't have, obviously, like I say, maintenance costs. And then, of course, stamp duty and your ongoing mortgage costs and things as well. And your initial setup mortgage fees and things as well. There's a lot involved in, in the, the early stages that renters don't have to absorb costs. Okay, so so it is actually quite attractive to rent um, because of that. I, I mean, we could just cover that again. I mean, you're not paying for things like boilers if anything yeah. breaks. You're not paying for servicing. You're not paying mm -hmm. for any 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 furnishings if you if you have it rent, uh, fully furnished. If anything breaks, you know, and it's not your fault, then it has to be replaced by the landlord. So mm -hmm. you've not got that responsibility. Plus all the maintenance costs as well yeah. for things like roof gutters downpipes, um, sanitary fittings, um, mm. cookers, um, anything, I suppose, it could go wrong in a property. Uh, they're also, and you, you quite rightly, you said there, Richard, about the upfront costs. The, the entry yeah. and exit costs are actually very, very minimal to rent, whereas they're horrendous when you come to um, come to buying a, buying a property outright yourself. But there's got, there's got to be some disadvantages in Fife then. Uh, you know, just or or in renting in general, there's bound to be some disadvantages. Yeah, of course, there's there's always going to be some disadvantages, and I think although we talk about the initial costs being less than obviously home ownership and things, some five tenants do face some larger upfront costs, and yeah. this could include obviously like you, you you've got to pay a security deposit, and that could be up to two months of the uh, equal to two months uh, the rent. You've also yep. got your first month rent in advance that you pay as well. So, I mean, depending on the, the property, the price point of the rental, do you know what I mean? That could be quite high. Um, so in certain instances, uh, there can be a wee bit of outlay. Uh, landlords uh, obviously do have the opportunity to increase rent and things. We're going through this at the moment, obviously we're going with the, we're, we've got the rent freeze at the 3% and things, but so that is something you need to- What is the current situation in Scotland then with regards to um, rent freeze and stuff like that? Right, the rent freeze, obviously, the moratorium and things and that's all been extended to September now. But we do have the option to implement uh, evictions on, on yeah. just so yes, people understand. Just to clarify, right. there's a moratorium on evictions at the moment. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, some of the tuning in might not understand what the moratorium is for. There's a moratorium on evictions for tenancies in Scotland at the moment. Also, the rent freeze. This has all been extended until September of this year, which will probably be reviewed again. Although okay. they have implemented 
the option to implement 3% rent increase from the 1st of April. Now, yep. that has to be done by a written notification to the tenant and in uh, three months' time, and then you could implement that. You can do 6%, but you need to demonstrate that your costs and expenditure has increased in terms of your mortgage, your insurance, or factor fees, or you know, something you need to you need to obviously provide evidence of that to rent service uh, in order to do a 6% increase. But 3% is allowed with the proper written notice from the first and time. And 6%, I believe, um, just correct me if I'm wrong, is only based on if your costs have increased in the last six months. Yes. So there's there's the fine ointment. So if, you, if your costs have increased and you try to wait to help your tenant out, you could end up falling foul of the fact that that cost that increased goes out with the six months because you've yes. waited. So would your advice to most people out there, our landlords, to say, look, put the, put the increase through anyway? Yes, I would. And I think if, you, if you're in that position, then put it through. Yes, definitely put it through anyway and see how that... that uh, I'm tempted to think if you put the increase through and actually give it as a discount. You know what yes. I mean? So, we so spoke about that the other day, Jim, yeah. Through, put the increase through so it's the increases in place at least so if you need to you can use it but other than that say to the say to the tenant look you know if you pay your rent on time you look after the property you're not antisocial in your behavior then no we're fine we'll just, we can we'll just, just discount every single month but we've, yeah. at least we've got the rent increase through to make sure that's through so you don't fall foul of that six month uh, limit so that it's in place yeah. i guess that safeguards the landlord as well i mean I'm not a landlord, but my example of where I would guess that some landlords are having challenges just now, prime example for me as a homeowner in Fife was this morning we got our renewal quote through for our home uh, contents and buildings insurance. And since last year to now, it's gone up by 66%. That's a big jump. Wow. That's a big, that, I mean, obviously we're going to do homework on that because we're not going <laughs> yeah. to go with 66%. But actually, is that the kind of increases that you're talking about? So actually, you know, if it's in the last six months, if it's getting their renewal this morning, it gives them that opportunity, I guess, to have more do flexibility. Is that, that what most, you're demonstrating here? Do you think that most insurers, though, are actually just chancing their mitt and actually just oh, yes. putting them through as a 66% increase? And they're, they're, they're hoping that the majority of people or some of them will actually not even bother moving anywhere else. Because I was just going to say, you know that that's what that's what they're relying on, isn't it? They just rely on you not moving, and then the next minute, after maybe two or three years down the line, when you actually check and you're thinking, "What the heck? I can get this for half the price." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. That they'll roll that out, and the majority of people won't check and just let it keep running, and won't, or won't change or review it. Yeah. Um, so it's worth their while just to roll it out and see how many they get, and that's probably what will happen. But um, oh, Bill, but Billy yeah. and I have already got a calendar date for Saturday review. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, yeah, but back to obviously disadvantages obviously for renting. The initial costs and things can vary. They can they can be a wee bit higher depending on where you are. Also, renters do have a lack of control over the maintenance issues and things in a yep. property. It's really at the hands of the landlord or the agent dealing with it on behalf of the landlord. So they don't have that sense of control. So unless they've got a really good agent or they've got a really reliable landlord in place who, who's quite proactive, then they're limited with that um, that element of things as well. Yeah. Um, so you rely on them to do the maintenance on time and correctly and, and by the book, obviously, which um, on the whole is done generally, I think, to the to how it should be. But um, Can I go off piece for a wee minute? As yeah, do. of course. Um, did anybody watch the panorama on landlords the other night, the documentary? 
No, I must have messed that. I usually watch. That'll be usually... I was quite interested it's because I, I, I just did a wee bit of a gauge on what people thought of it, you know, just mm-hmm. watched it. There seems to be a perception it was all about private landlords. But what you don't realise at the very beginning, it was about one landlord for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then out the half an hour, the next 20 minutes was about social landlords and council landlords, which were um, leading mould and uh, uninhabitable conditions for their tenants. And then they finalised the last five minutes of, uh, by the way, the same landlord as they did in the beginning, the private landlord at the at the end, and they talked and tailed it with a private landlord, which was just one landlord in the two stories, the same the same story twice, more or less. But they, they almost tried to mask the bit in the middle which was basically that most of the council and social landlords, social housing landlords, are actually the ones that are problematic and, and, and to blame. In comparison to the actual private sector, yeah. And I was gobsmacked because most people that I asked actually think this was all about private landlords. Because because they've started with that and set that tone, people's it's registered and people think that that's what they're all about private landlords. Yeah. No, it's not. 20 minutes out of the 30 minutes was, was, about, was about social and council housing. It's um, really strange, space. actually, because this morning we spoke about that and we were talking about a different topic, Jim, you and I, and we basically referenced the fact that it's like the Oreo cookie, isn't it? You get the outside bit and then you get all this bit in the middle. That's <laughs> a bit squeaky. Yeah, you know, the bad news in the middle and nobody remembers the middle bit. They always remember the top and tail. That's what they do. Um, mm-hmm. People remember what you've exited with and what you entered with in terms of a story. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't re- you don't recognise the middle. So they've nicely, cleverly hid it in the middle. But actually the whole thing was really about uh, social and council housing and it wasn't about private landlords at all really because it was just basically one landlord and um, some guy that had converted a a, a house to um a, a six bed six bed sets and a wee ex a three bedroom ex three or four bedroom ex local authority like glenn office you know the flat roof ones in glenn office yeah. mm-hmm. you know he converted that to six bedrooms he had turned the kitchen into a bedroom he had turned the he turned the bathroom into a bedroom so basically he had six bedrooms out of that and and there were there were bed sets um, and and then they brought back the original owner who had had that before and, and got hurt to basically say, this is a disgrace, this is terrible, these private landlords are doing that. It, 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 sorry, excuse me. It's only one landlord. Yeah. It's no it's private landlords. It's private landlord. <laughs> and the failure of the government and to, to execute the legislation properly meant that that landlord could still continue to trade, even though he was taken up for illegally evicting a tenant two years before. So the, it's, the, it's again, it fell back on the government's fault for no implementing legislation and, and the right checks. It's unfortunate, correct. And then yeah. it was the council and social housing was all what it was all about. But everybody, it, most people I spoke to thought this was all about private landlords. Just just an observation for people out there if they're tuning in. I'll, I'll um, go and catch up on that one, Jim. That was yeah, interesting. It's on catch up. It's on BBC iPlayer. Yeah. Um, if anybody wants to watch that, but it's, it's very, very intriguing. Um, and it's very cunning how they've actually set that up because you know that at this point in time, in the sphere, the private landlords are vilified and they're, they're the whipping boy for, for the political parties, especially in England right now and especially in Scotland right now, well, right, right throughout the UK. And this is where the media attention is going because they want to they want to run with their story. They want to get their, their legislation through, I suppose, probably to get more stories out of it. I suppose, you know, that's mm. obviously what they want to do. They're the news. They just want to create stories. Good news doesn't sell stories. 
Hey, look at this private landlord. Looking after his tenant all the time, bailing them out every single time, getting them a job. <laughs> Going round to their house, helping them, installing everything new, kitchens, bathrooms and all the rest of it. Nobody wants to hear about that, do they? That's not exciting news. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. But that's the majority of private landlords. But that's just an observation. I'll just anyway. quickly, before we move on, Jim, just so obviously, back to disadvantages, just one last thing. Um, we spoke about exit um, costs and things for mm -hmm. owners. There is obviously an exit process for renting. Now, unless it's dealt with properly, your deposit return and things, unless it's dealt with properly by a reputable agent or a landlord that knows what they're doing, there can be issues with uh, regaining your deposit and things if you're a tenant, if things aren't done correctly and there's not an inventory. And, do you know what I mean? There's a process involved in that. That could be an issue for a tenant sometimes. So just to obviously play devil's advocate, there is some or could be some disadvantages and, and that's some of them that you so might So what you're saying is your advice to a tenant is make sure your landlord gives you a full belts and braces inventory of the property signed by the landlord and signed by yourself before you move in. Yep. So basically when you move out, you know exactly what your property was like when you got it and there's no in between here and your, your deposit is now protected and therefore when you go back to the custodial scheme because legally every landlord in britain has to put yes. in some shape or form in a custodial scheme yes. um down south my deposit is an insurance back scheme but that's a different story but it's still similar uh, and then that protects the deposit so there's no argument if the property is in exactly the same condition as the inventory report when you moved in and the landlord then can't point the finger oh Likewise, the tenant can't point the finger and say, yeah, it works like, that, like that when I moved in. I think it protects it both parties, doesn't it? And my experience yeah, of, of that is that it was very useful to us because actually, if then as a tenant, if the landlord was coming to me or the agent was coming to me with various issues, I was able to demonstrate actually, no, it was like that when I moved in. Here's the confirmation that. of that. And so actually it protected me, but it also protects them too. I think as well, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's always this long drawn story, um, you know, that we used to get told all the time by the local authority and by um, the powers that be that the security of tenure is, you know, what the uh, what a tenant doesn't have under under the legislation, and this is why the PRT was brought in to give uh, tenants more security of tenure. Uh, I mean, and and the landlord could potentially sell it. That was the difficulty. So on the other hand, owning a five home uh, or any home provides long-term security and the ability to decorate and control the maintenance as well, even though mortgage interest rates have more than tripled in the last 18 months. See how you could say that? They've tripled in the last 18 months. You know, you could probably say they're probably, um, well, 0.25% have gone up. So in the last 18 months, they've maybe more than tripled, to be honest. Um, but, but it sounds frightening when you say tripled in the last 18 months, but base rates are only at 4.25%. So mortgages are still are still comparatively low compared to a long term average, and let's not forget, homeowners can benefit from property price increases as well. Mm -hmm. However, saving for a deposit can be difficult. I've got to admit that, and homeowners are subject to the housing market and price fluctuations. Mm -hmm. uh, they must also pay mortgage and legal fees, and must foot the bill for any repairs. So let's be frank, both renting and buying a home or any five home have advantages and disadvantages. I mean, renting offers short-term flexibility and lower upfront costs, while owning provides long-term security and control over your maintenance costs. Mm -hmm. It's important for individuals to carefully consider the financial situation and their personal preferences 
before actually deciding which one they want to go for. So let me look at first-time buyers who have a 10% deposit. Perry, how much more expensive is it to buy a home in Fife as a first-time buyer with a 10% deposit than okay. many? Yeah, so it kind of varies actually throughout Fife. Um, overall, the average, it's more expensive for first-time buyers to buy with a 10% deposit than renting up to £1,119 on average throughout Fife. Okay. But it does vary depending what, what locality that you're in. So if we look at the East Nook, for instance, the East Nook is 1750 So yep. a bit of a jump there. Um, whereas, actually, when you look at Leavenmouth, um, it's only £339 a year more expensive. Yeah. If you then go to Glenmothis, it is 498 And yep. if you go to Cooper, it is 913 Yep. And big jump, St Andrews, 1334 did you say, you got Glen Office, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's quite interesting because it's low as the as the deposit decrease, it's actually obviously getting borrowed. So the borrowing costs are higher because the property price is higher as well. So that's why yeah. this that's why these numbers are bigger. Yeah. When so when we break that annual figure down though, that you said for the one thousand one hundred and nineteen for Fife, more expensive mm -hmm. to buy a Fife home with a ten percent deposit for a mm -hmm. first time buyer than actually renting. When you break that figure down to a monthly figure, it's 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 ninety three pound twenty four pence a month. Mm -hmm. with, with, with all the advantages mentioned, it, mm -hmm. and we've just mentioned the now, is it still uh, is it still worth it to buy mm -hmm. uh, your own home on, in Fife? Well, it is. I mean, we've we've seen there that there is advantages financially to do it. We've talked about the secure advantages of it as a person in the long term. Mm -hmm. But I think really the the answer is individual to each person, isn't it? Because it depends on their circumstances. We talk about that a lot, don't we? Each yeah. individual circumstance really depends on whether or not one option is more viable than the other. I think if you're looking for short term, then renting is better. If you know if you're moving to a particular area or you know you're only going to be in there for a short term, you're not getting those purchasing and exit costs that you would with buying a home. So I think it really just does depend on each circumstances. But there are advantages and disadvantages in both camps, I think, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Richard, what, what's your conclusion on this? What to conclude? Yeah, I very much agree that we've looked at the figures and, and, and I think obviously you look at it in the pounds, then homeowner homeownership does look to be less costly but i think it has really got its advantages to be renting depending yeah. on your individual yeah. circumstances i mean whether that's that you want the flexibility you don't want the responsibilities of obviously maintenance and upkeep or do you know what i mean or do you just want the availability to maybe move or stay somewhere for a certain period of time it's really based on what your circumstances are and what your living situation is, uh, dictates that you need to be doing at that time um, and that place and time it also mm -hmm. differs with an area within Fife as well. You see price differences like from St Andrews to Glenrothes and Leaving Mouth and things. So it is quite varied and depending on your circumstances, renting may be better or maybe home ownership. It just depends. Yeah, it's, I mean, whether it's worth home or renting and home in Fife does depend on exactly what you said in the, on the personal circumstances. So while owning a home can offer security and the stability, um, this is my sort of thoughts as well, kind of on the same yeah. lines. 
it's important because mm -hmm. of the fact is financial situation, long-term goals, um, mm -hmm. and, and what you want to do for the future. Are you, are you going to be around in the same area for the next five, ten years, or, or, or do you intend just to move in the next two years um, to another area, or potentially to another property straight away? Um, mm -hmm. so the entry and exit costs are going to be proportionally higher than it would be for renting. Um, and then when you think about, you take then if you own, you take the risk at the price could go down. So you can yeah. take a hit on that as well, where if you don't, you've got no risk involved in that if you're renting. So there is a big there is a big difference and there is a huge advantages to either one, depending on the personal circumstances. Mm -hmm. But before deciding, take time to ask yourself the right questions and weigh up the pros and cons. Carefully, though. By doing so, you can ensure that you make the best choice for you uh, and potentially your family for the future. I mean, these are my thoughts. I'll be interested to hear everybody else's thoughts out there. Um, and, and that's us, guys. Uh, thanks for yeah. coming on the show. Um, thanks for coming on, Perry. Uh, thanks for coming on, Richard. And yeah. everybody else uh, for tuning in. Uh, if you're playing on catch up here tonight, uh, you want to ask a question, stick something in the comments if you want. Um, we'll answer it later on. Or you can just message us direct as well on the post, um, and we can answer that as well. Or if you want to do a private email, uh, just send it to info at fiveproperties.co.uk. Uh, and until next time, guys, it's bye-bye from us. Bye. Thanks, guys. Take care.